Harvest family and friends, this is Pastor Mike Jones of Harvest Community Church in Birmingham, Alabama, where we are a community of worshipers committed to Christ, commissioned to serve, and called to pray without ceasing. This is the day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. God is good all the time, and all the time God is good, and His mercy endures forever. Let's get right into the Word of God. So if you have your Bibles, won't you open them up and turn to Second Chronicles chapter 7. We're going to look at verses 11 through 14. Second Chronicles in the Old Testament chapter 7 verses 11 through 14. And it reads, When Solomon had finished the temple of the Lord and the royal palace and had succeeded in carrying out all that he had in mind to do in the temple of the Lord and in his own palace, the Lord appeared to him at night and said, I have heard your prayer and have chosen this place for myself as a temple for sacrifices. When I shut up the heavens so that there is no rain or command locusts to devour the land or send a plague amongst my people. Verse 14. If my people, who are called by my name, will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven, I will forgive their sin, and will heal their land. Men and women, for the next few minutes, I want to talk on the subject, God's promise in the pandemic. God's promise in the pandemic. This is part two in our series entitled, God's Promises And I want to talk a little bit about God's promises before we get directly into the the text. Uh, Contrary to popular belief, there are not just one kind of promise. There are all kinds of promises. There are personal promises in the scripture. I remember King Hezekiah uh, in Isaiah chapter 38. uh, He got word from the Lord and the Lord told him to get his affairs in order because he was going to die. And all of a sudden, Hezekiah decides to pray to the Lord and ask the Lord for a little bit more time, and the Lord promises him 15 years. Now, that is a personal promise. That is a promise that is specific for Hezekiah. I wish that when my friends and family members and even myself got sick, that we could take that promise and say, well, I'll just pray that prayer, and the Lord will give me 15 years. Now, well, can we benefit from it and asking the Lord from that? Certainly. But that promise is specific to King Hezekiah. And then there are other promises that are specific to the children of Israel. Probably the most popular one is one that we quote all the time, Jeremiah 29:11, where it says, I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans for welfare and not calamity to give you a future and a hope. Now, we can benefit from that promise, but that promise is actually a specific promise to the children of Israel who were in captivity 
in Babylon. And the promise is, hey guys, I hadn't forgotten about you. I still have plans for you. Don't lose hope. You're going to be here for another 70 years. And then there are unconditional promises. There are unconditional promises and covenants and vows that are made. One that comes to my mind is the one that God makes with Abraham. He calls Abraham in Genesis chapter 12, and then he makes a covenant with Abraham in Genesis chapter 15. And you get the idea that there is nothing that Abraham does to merit this, to earn this, or to, 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 uh, 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 to anything that would, would say that, that there's something that he did in order to gain this promise. It is an unconditional promise that God makes to him. And so there are all different kinds of promises. Second Chronicles chapter 7 verse 14 is actually what we call a conditional promise. It is a conditional promise. And conditional promises normally start with the word if. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face. If is a fascinating word. It's just two letters. But if is just has this this powerful potential to it if one preacher said that if is in the center of everyone's life if you were to spell the word life it's spelled l i f e if you take the l off in the front and you take the e off in the back you're left with i f if our lives are centered around uh, the word if 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 I would have done this, if I would not have done that, if I would have been in relationship with this person, if I would have not been in relationship with, if I would have done this, uh, if I didn't do that, uh, just all is, if I'd gone to the right instead of going to the left, if I've gone here instead of going there, if, if is incredible. And if is throughout the scriptures as well. See if you recognize some of these verses. Matthew chapter 16 verse 24 says, Then Jesus said to his disciples, If, if any man come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. John chapter 12 verse 32 says, And I, if, if I be lifted up, I'll draw all men unto me. John chapter 15 verse 7 says, If, you abide in me and my words abide in you. Ask whatever you will and it will be done for you if. Romans chapter 10 verse 9 says, If you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God raised Him from the dead, you will be saved. Second Corinthians chapter 5 verse 1 says, For we know that if our earthly house of this tabernacle is dissolved. We have a building of God, a house not made with hands, eternal in the heavens. Second Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17, If any man be in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, new things have come. Galatians chapter 6, verse 1, Brethren, if a man be overtaken in a fault, you who are spiritual, restore such a one. Galatians chapter 6, verse 3, For if a man think himself to be something, he's nothing, and he deceives himself. Galatians chapter 6, verse 9, Let us not grow weary in well-doing, for in due season we shall reap, if 
we faint not. 1 John chapter 1, verse 8, If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. 1 John chapter 1, verse 9, If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just for, to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. 1 John uh, chapter uh, uh, 1, verse 10, If we say that we have not sinned, we make Him a liar. And His Word is not in us. First John chapter 2, verse 1. My little children, these things I write unto you, that you sin not. And if a man sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. And then lastly, Revelation 3.20. Behold, <coughs> I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice, if anyone hears my voice, if anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come into him. If is a fascinating word, and Second uh, Chronicles chapter seven verse fourteen starts off with the word "if," and he says, "If my people who are called by my name, if my people." Let me give you the context of this. Second Chronicles chapter uh, seven is actually the chapter where Solomon dedicates the temple to the Lord. They've been building on the temple for seven years. They finally finished the temple and they decide to have a dedication service. Solomon prays. Evidently, the Lord accepts his prayer because he rains down fire from heaven to consume the sacrifices that are there. They uh, uh, Not only are the sacrifices consumed, but the scripture says right after that, the glory of the Lord filled the temple that was there. The people begin to rejoice. And the scripture teaches us that for the celebration lasted for eight eight days. Eight days they celebrated, and all of a sudden uh, you get the idea that that Solomon goes back to his palace, and 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 all of a sudden God wakes him up in the night and says, Solomon, I've heard your prayer. I received your prayer. This this is going to be a place where I will receive the sacrifices you make. And he says to him, Oh, by the way. When pestilence comes, when the heavens shut up and there's no rain, when the locusts come and devour the land, when there's plague amongst my people, I want you to remember that this temple is to be a house of prayer. And I want to give you the prescription when things don't go well, when there's crisis in the land, there's something, I'm going to make a conditional promise with you, there's something that the people need to do. And if the people do this, I promise I'll do my part to heal your land. And so he says, if my people who are called by my name, let me say this parenthetically, I don't know what the world is doing out there, but in this pandemic, it is more important to God what God's people do during this time than what the world does. You can listen to all the news you want, but the Bible says, that God says, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves, pray, seek my face, and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven, forgive their sin, and heal their land. If my people. And so I'd like, in the few minutes that we have left, is to talk about two things, really. Number one, what we can do, what our part in this is, and then what God says He will do. What our part is. And our part is really four things. Four things. Number one, he says, humble yourself. 
Men and women, we've got to humble ourselves. The word humble actually means, or, or, or to humiliate ourselves and humble ourselves, is to bring down off a lofty place. Humility is the opposite of pride. And God does not like, like pride. In the New Testament, he says he gives grace to the humble, but he resists the proud. And in, in Proverbs chapter 6, it lists the things that God hates. Guess what number one is? A prideful look. The look of the proud. And God does not like that. And one of the ways in which we can demonstrate humility, I believe, in this context, is to respect the authority that God has placed uh, upon us. To submit to that authority. To listen to guidelines. To do those things. For me, it is staying at home. It is social distancing. It is washing my hands. It is sanitizing things that I touch. And it is making sure that I am am consistent in following those guidelines. And men and women, I, I think one of the big things, for me anyway, is wearing masks out in public. I was shopping this week and saw a whole family, uh, mom and dad, three children, walking around with no masks as if there was nothing going on. I think we need to be careful in our pride about being reckless in our behavior. And men and women, this is serious business. Number two, we need to pray. We need to pray. I think we need to have prayer partners, prayer meetings. We need to pray personally, privately, publicly. We've got to prioritize prayer. You see, this is a dedication of the temple, and the temple was supposed to be a house of prayer. And men and women, we really know whether or not we have a personal relationship with God based upon our prayer lives. Based upon Him talking to us and us talking to Him. Us seeking Him. And that's third. So we humble ourselves, pray, and seek His face. Many of us will seek everything but God's face. We need to seek Him in His Word. We need to seek Him in His world. We need to seek Him uh, in our thought lives to renew our minds, to look for Him in our daily routine, to look for Him in our activities, to look for Him as we practice the presence of God. And men and women, we are so accustomed to seeking God's hand that really it's, it's an awkward time now because we're not used to seeking His face. A preacher tells the story of having a teenage son who was driving age. And the son says, hey, dad, can I borrow your car? So the preacher flips him the keys. And the son says, and dad, I'm broke. Can you give me a little money? And so the preacher reaches into his pocket and gives him a $20 bill. And the young man says, thank you, and takes a few steps toward the door. And the preacher says, oh, by the way, uh, I'd like to go with you. Let me put my shoes on. And uh, the young man looked so disappointed. He said, Dad, I hadn't planned on you coming. He says, "Uh, well, uh, you don't want me to come with you? He says, well, kind of no, because I wanted to be with my friends and I had some places to go. And you I hadn't planned on you coming. Is it okay if you don't come this time? And so he goes off and the preacher talks about how his son was fine with receiving his resources. He was fine with receiving gifts. He was re- fine with receiving what he wanted. He was fine with receiving material blessing, but he didn't want him. 
And many of us do the same thing with God. We want what God can give us rather than God Himself. We want to seek His hand rather than His face. We want His goodies rather than His person. We, we, we don't want Him driving with us because we may go some places that He doesn't want to go. And so the, the situation that God has here is, number one, I want you to humble yourself. Number two, I want you to pray. Number three, what I want you to do is to seek my face. But number four is, I want you to turn from your wicked ways. Turning from our wicked ways is the word of repentance. That means you're in this direction and God wants you to go in this direction. That means you have a change of mind, a change of attitude that results in a change of behavior. Repentance is so important in the Christian life because it could be that God has allowed this pandemic to get our attention because of our sin. We've strayed so far away from God that God says, I know how to get your attention. I know how to, to, to get you to respond. I know how to, to uh, allow you to begin seeking my face and turning from your wicked ways. You won't be able to go out. You won't be able to do what you used to do. You will have to spend time with me. And God wants us to turn from our wicked ways. It's His people. It's His people, even in the church. Their habits and hang-ups that we have that and, and, and hurts that, that we have that constitute the sin that is in our lives that creates separation between us and God. And God says, I want you to humble yourselves and pray and seek my face and turn from your wicked ways. A change in mind, change in attitude that results in a change in behavior. Point number two, very quickly, what only God can do. I've talked about what we can do. I want to talk about what only God can do. Only God can hear from heaven, number one. Only God can forgive our sins, number two. And only God can heal our land. I know that our government is trying their best. I know that we're trying to find a vaccine. I know all of that. But God will cause this thing to go away in His time. We don't know. We don't need to be presumptuous. We need to, to fulfill our responsibility and then God will fulfill His. This is a conditional promise. This is God saying, if you do your part, then I'll do my part. And men and women, we've got to do our part. We've got to do our part. God is a good God. His character is not in question. He's consistent. He's unfailing. He's faithful, He's trustworthy, He's reliable, He's honest, He's dependable, He's steadfast, he, he is God. Even when we are faithless, He remains faithful. He fulfills His promises. His yes is always yes and His no is always no. He is loving and kind and yet He is, is righteous and holy at the same time. His truth can be revealed in the Lord Jesus Christ. And He promises in the Old Testament over and over and over again that He will send a Savior. He promises that He will send a Redeemer. He promises he, he, that He will send a Deliverer, someone who will rescue His people. And men and women, He did that. He fulfilled all of His promises in the Lord Jesus Christ. He fulfilled them. 
And the great thing about it is these are conditional promises, not that we have to go and do something. The only condition is that we believe. The only condition is that we believe. It is not based upon laws that we keep. It's not based upon rituals that we perform. It is based upon whether or not we believe. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whoever believes in Him will not perish, but will have everlasting life. If, if, if you confess with your mouth, Romans 10.9 says, that Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised Him from the dead, you will be saved. The most beautiful conditional promise of God is simply that you believe that Jesus Christ is Lord and confess in your mouth He is the Lord of my life. He rules my life. He can control my life. And I believe that God raised Him from the dead because He is alive right now. I believe that promise and you say if I believe that I'll be saved. Men and women His promises are precious, wonderful, awesome Uh, consistent, reliable promises because He is God. Many of us promise things and over-promise and under-deliver. God is never over-promised and under-delivered. He has always followed through with what He says He'll do. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven. I'll forgive their sin, and I'll heal their land. This is my prayer. Would you pray that prayer with me? Would you say this week, and use it as a prayer guide this week, all week, that you'll pray, Lord, your promise in the pandemic will be fulfilled if I fulfill my part. Let's pray. Father God, we do thank You for this time. Lord, galvanize and solidify Your Word in our hearts. In Jesus' name, won't You say Amen, Amen, and Amen. God bless you until next week.